0: Hello and welcome to Genderator. I'm your host, Jennifer Sanfilippo. As I round the bend on the end of season one, I'm excited to present this interesting account of how one organization learned that fostering an inclusive organizational culture directly affects their go-to-market strategy. In this episode, Joe Stefko, former president and CEO of the Center for Governmental Research, talks about how a lost opportunity affected CGR's approach to intentional inclusion. It should be noted that at the time of this interview, Joe was the president and CEO of the Center for Governmental Research. He has since moved into a new role as president and CEO of ROC 2025, a new economic development alliance serving the Rochester region. So many organizations are interested in creating an inclusive environment. They have a self-awareness that they need to make change, yet they're really struggling with how to do that. They, they may visit it annually at annual meetings with, with their stakeholders or internally at strategic planning, yet they, they really seem to struggle with creating an environment that is inclusive, that uh, attracts a more diverse population. And so I know that your organization uh, recently had um, an aha moment that attached inclusive uh, operation to your business plan and your business operations. So I was wondering if you could share with me a little bit about that moment and what happened.
1: Sure. Uh, just to provide a little bit of context, I've been at this organization since uh, 1998. Um, and uh, like a lot of organizations, you know, we had, um, you know, I think for the um, entire time I've been here, we've recognized the importance of diversity and inclusion, um, not just um, as a lens through which we, we do our work, Um, but uh, as as an element, we really wanted to make a vibrant part of our organizational culture. So we've spent a lot of time talking about it uh, as a staff, uh, talking about how we can get more diverse, more inclusive. um, And, you know, as we kind of look back over a couple of decades, um, we hadn't really moved the needle in terms of you know who we were as an organization, the level of diversity on our staff, the level of diversity on our on our board. Um, you know, it wasn't for lack of for lack of talking about it, um, but but really just actually moving the needle with with tangible um, you know d- d- tangible steps, um, I think was was really lacking. So the experience you talk about um, actually happened probably about. Uh, somewhere between three and four years ago. Um, we uh, we had a, a team, uh, uh, it was t- uh, two colleagues and I, that were actually uh, going for a project interview. It's kind of standard practice. We compete for a lot of projects as a, as a fee-for-service uh, consulting organization. Mm-hmm. And so we were meeting with, uh, with the uh, client group. And really the core of this project was to um, help a community um, track the impact of some major economic investments that were on the verge of taking place. And, and really the fundamental goal uh, of, of the client group was to ensure that as the investments happened, that all boats in the region were lifted that it wasn't you know one neighborhood, one town, one part of the community that it was the entire community, particularly kind of those traditionally underrepresented um, groups, and so um, and especially communities of color within the region. So. Um, you know, my two colleagues and I go. Um, uh, we are we are thoroughly prepared for the interview. And the very first question, right out of the box, very respectfully, um, but but a very direct question was, um, you know, you understand the the, the genesis of, of our project and the goal of our project, and and really trying to make sure that we're rising we're we're raising all boats with this major economic investment. Um, respectfully, we're looking at your your interview team, and you are you know three white leaders of your organization. So, can you speak to us about tangible progress that you've been able to make as an organization uh, at becoming more diverse, becoming more inclusive? So, I have, in the course of my career, done you know, it's probably not an exaggeration to say that I've done a couple of hundred uh, project interviews just like this, and this was the very first time that um, that I was hit with a question or my, my teammates and I were hit with a question like that right out of the box. And it, you know, bigger than just that that interview or that project opportunity. I think, um, for, for, for certainly, for me as as a leader at this organization, and for us more broadly as as a staff team, um, that was a, that was a real point of departure in mm-hmm. terms of mm-hmm. in terms of how we were talking about diversity, how we were talking about inclusion as an organization, and and really from from that point. Um, we we took a different approach Mm -hmm. and and it's an approach that um, you know we had to tear some things down in Mm -hmm. terms of organizational process uh, in order to build them back up in a way that really moved from from the talking we had done for you know my first 15 or so years here Mm -hmm. to to more action and and Mm -hmm. frankly they're actions that um, have provided some successes that i'm really proud of in the Mm -hmm. last uh, you know four or five years
0: so it was that moment that moment when you when that question fired over the bow, where it was just like, wow, you know, they're right. We, we've we been talking about this, but wh- where are we now? And that's what was the catalyst to actually look at things completely differently.
1: Correct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we had... Um, You know, and and I don't want to. I don't want to just boil this down to, you know, it was a it was a failed project pitch, right? That forced change on our part. But I think it really put a different lens on it. You know, Mm -hmm. we had talked about um, how diversity and and issues of inclusion and equity impact. Our work or should impact our work I mean Mm -hmm. you know we we operate you know four practice areas here and in several of those practice areas we're routinely working Mm -hmm. with um, with you know with with at-risk groups with you know communities of color um, city school districts Mm -hmm. right Um, the the human and social service systems in our communities in our regions Um, and and I think that we have a very strong Mm -hmm. reputation for providing really high quality work there Mm -hmm. Um, but so, so, so I think that argues for us really keeping diversity and inclusion as a major lens through which we process mm-hmm. how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. But really, what that first question mm-hmm. at that project interview prompted was um, to look at this issue, uh, you know, th- through a through a business lens, through the you know kind of through the um, in the context of the impact that this has on our ability to. to to do the kind of work and secure the kind of work that we're really good at in a changing environment. You know, Mm -hmm. when our communities are changing, our clients are changing. Um, And and so that was really, as I said, that that represented a kind of a new point of departure for at least how how I was looking at this as the leader of the organization.
0: So the business case all of a sudden sort of became loud and clear. Now, I uh, was talking to another person about um, this issue and you know he's been working on it for a while um, but I asked him I said you know you're the president of this organization you've got so many other things that you need to be working on who is the champion of this area for the business for you how is this woven into your business plan and it, it isn't woven into the business plan, and they don't have a person who is guiding them. And the way I look at it is if, if you have it as part of your business plan, then you're recognizing it as That's you right. know, a direct effect on your bottom line. Um, and the second part is you need professional help. To come in, and now that you see, now that you've got the glasses on, and you can see how it's affecting your business and and your customers and clients. So, did you seek additional assistance to sort of help rework what you were your approach and how you were doing things?
1: Yeah, we absolutely did. So, um, so, so really in the. Uh, it, it, in the wake of that, that experience with, um, with the uh, project interview, um, we started to do a series of, of, of things either differently or start doing things for the first time as an organization. So, you know, I can think back to probably two or three months after that project interview, um, we held our, our normal annual staff offsite. Um, I think we spent a couple of days. Um, as a full staff team and and really the 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 goal of that was to you know kind of give our team an opportunity as as we do we try to do each year to pull back and and kind of look at what are we doing what should we be doing more of what should we be doing less of starting or stopping right Um, and you know that conversation as a full staff team um, we we spent probably and I'll think it's an exaggeration to say we spent about 90 percent over a couple of days of our conversation on issues of diversity and inclusion and equity, how they impact our work, how they're impacting our clients and how, you know, as a team, um, while we had talked about it for a long time, we had really failed to move the needle. So I think that that was a really important kind of almost cathartic um mm-hmm. Uh, it, and and um, and and epiphany step yeah. for us as a team to say, okay, we're we need to do something different, and and we're signing up to do something different. So, um, coming out of that, and I would say kind of bringing us uh, over the last maybe two and a half to three years to today, um, your question about did we seek outside assistance? We did. We actually brought in um, uh, an outside facilitator, somebody who is you know has known our organization for a long time, so knows our history, knows um, you know, where what, what we do well, and, and, and in some cases where we can fall short. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that he was really effective at helping us navigate, um, whether it was um, kind of internal process issues or the tables that we're at in the community, really shining a light on some of those things and helping us to um, uh, uh, recognize areas that before Had really been blind spots for us as an Mm -hmm. organization as part of that um uh, that 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 facilitator role um, we also spent some time diagramming our our networks Mm -hmm. diagramming our Mm -hmm. networks as individual members of this staff team diagramming our networks as an organization and you know really if you it, it is a it's a um it's a Uh, an exercise that I would encourage everybody, regardless of the type of organization you're in or your role in that organization, to do. Because what it really allows you to do is, if you do it in a sincere, honest way, you kind of pull back at the end, and you're essentially assessing um, the homogeneity of your your own networks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not surprisingly, our individual networks as members of this team and frankly our organizational network, although maybe a little less so, you know, we're fairly Mm homogenous. And and so that is a, uh, I, I think that that, you know, on reflection, that's a factor that reinforces, you know, these 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 factors that work against becoming more diverse, becoming a more inclusive uh, organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so mapping mapping our networks was was really was really uh, powerful and I think an important step that we took as a team. I think the mapping piece and kind of evaluating the the homogeneity of your own networks um, and your organization's networks, you know, that, that connects to another piece that we did was really, um, honestly for the first time, um, evaluate our, our hiring process or or lack thereof as an organization we are today an organization of 18 people mm-hmm. um, and historically we've had a very opportunistic approach to hiring mm-hmm. um, how have we hired well um, you know i know jennifer jennifer uh, sees a resume from somebody who's moving to town or somebody who is recently unemployed mm-hmm. um, passes it along to me the resume you know, checks a lot of boxes for us in terms of their background, their experience, their substantive expertise. I meet with the candidate, we offer, uh, and the candidate accepts. Mm-hmm. And and so I think what what this whole process really prompted us to do was to pull back and look at each of the steps in that process. Um, if our networks are homogenous, and their networks are homogenous, the pool from which we're drawing candidates mm-hmm. is very likely to be homogeneous. So what we had in an opportunistic hiring framework was um, you know what was was almost uh, you know we we were almost assured to be hiring ourselves, mm-hmm. right which again works against you know growing our diversity and and inclusion as an organization. so, Um, What we've done now is move from an organization that has, you know, historically hired in an opportunistic fashion to an organization that has put in place some specific um, policies and procedures about um, how far in advance, we we will now write job descriptions, we will post job descriptions, um, where we will post those job descriptions. We do have um, uh, diversity targets Mm -hmm. at each point in our process, you know, Mm -hmm. to ensure the diversity of the pool, to ensure the diversity of the semi-finalist or finalist pool. Mm-hmm. Um, in the event that the initial pool doesn't meet our diversity targets, mm-hmm. we will extend the, the application mm-hmm. deadline mm-hmm. or we'll, we'll repost it somewhere. Mm-hmm. So again, we've tried to put in place mechanisms for um, uh, to, to, to maximize the, uh, the likelihood that we'll be able to uh, generate mm-hmm. diverse pools from which to draw candidates. And I think mm-hmm. it just stands to reason that the, over time, the more diverse our, our initial candidate pools are, mm-hmm. um, the more diverse we'll be as an organization. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's, you know, I, I, I think there, there are two pieces to this. There's the making sure that we have effective internal processes uh, and procedures that we're Mm -hmm. adhering to on the one hand and on the other hand making sure that it is as an organization it's really an element of our organizational culture that it's more than just a a a process Mm -hmm. or a procedure but it's something that we are as a team really trying to embrace
0: i really love that because it finally puts a door in what what so many people see as a wall uh... when people talk about targets and quotas and you hear people on the street come back with well they they want to hire someone from a marginalized population whether it's a a, a woman or a person of color you know, or a veteran or and and when i hear that back people talk about it like it's a wall like and, and when you're actually thoughtful in reviewing your process and mapping your network and, ha- and, and, and having thoughtful targets all the way through your entire process, those are the doors through the wall. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it shouldn't be something that stops your process. It's just challenging you to think way outside your own comfort zone.
1: That's right. And, and I think as, you know, certainly our organization, but I think any organization, mm-hmm. I mean, we are in our 104th year of doing business here and, and, and you know, muscle memory develops over time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, this is the way we've always hired people. We just, and it's worked right. for us for a century, right? Yeah. We're going to continue hiring people like that. Yeah. I think it does take um, you know whether it was the project pitch or yeah. this kind of gr- this this um, conversation as a staff team that you know the the volume of which started to turn up more and more in the last four or five years about this is something that's really important to us as an organization mm-hmm. and um, yeah change is difficult but this is absolutely change for the better and it's you know we need to look at it both on the on the level of how do we. Improve, mm-hmm. tear down, rebuild internal process and procedure to get us where we want to be, mm-hmm. but also how do we make this a central, a central component of, you know, of of the kind of the heart of our brand as an organization, who we want to be as members of this team. Um, that, that brand that we want to be representing out in the community, and um, and we're not at the finish line there. And and I think that this is a this is an ongoing, it's certainly an ongoing process for us. I think it's an ongoing process for for any organization. Um, but I think it, it, at least our experience over the last handful of years, you hit these these pivot points where mm-hmm. you know the first one might be recognition, and the second one is you know b- being able to shine some light on areas that previously were blind spots. And the third step for us was really targeting those internal processes or lack thereof that were keeping us the way we were Mm -hmm. and i guess what what would bring us most current now is as our work on this issue um matures in our organization um on january 1st we appointed for the first time in our organization's history a chief diversity officer somebody who's already on staff um who, who who accepted this additional role so that and and we actually um uh created this position at our senior staff or management team table so that the issue is, is, is um, held Mm-hmm. Um, at, at each of those, you know, in each of those kind of key strategic mm-hmm. conversations about what we're doing as an organization or or where we're going. Um, and as you know, as I, I think our, our full team would, would um, agree with this, but, you know, I made clear that when we name a chief diversity officer, this isn't passing the buck where one person has to carry the ball, mm-hmm. right? Um, that person is going to be responsible for, you know, holding this, making sure that that lens is, is being held up in front of each of us when we're, representing the organization doing project work out in the community or talking about how we're evolving Mm -hmm. as an organization and as a staff team Mm
0: -hmm. well kudos to you kudos for seeing what is up ahead and being relevant in a global marketplace and serving your population this is uh, just an excellent story and i think a lot of people will will learn from this thank you for sharing it joe
1: thank you